Hello everyone, welcome to Contact Lost, the Polish podcast about Warhammer 40k. I am your host, Tweek, or Tomek, and here with me is my partner in crime and co-host, Michał, otherwise known as Joker. Hi, dude. Hello, welcome back. Yeah, welcome back is, I guess, the, the right phrase for um, those of you who used to listen. You probably recognize the voice, but you, you must have seen that there was quite a lengthy break between the ninth and the current 10th episode of our show. And this was because I decided to take, uh, well, a longer break from the hobby. I think I, I dived too deep into it and I needed a break uh, to do other things. But gray plastic is a hell of a drug. So I'm back. Yes. With to that, be fair, COVID yeah. didn't help. We had lots of restrictions, so we didn't really have a playing community, or at least not very actively. So uh, there was much less incentive to actually um, be involved with with lists, with playing, and uh, taking part in tournaments. And uh, further to that, um, making a podcast about it. Yeah, very much. Plus, I mean, it was quite... Uh, I would say layered, um, but yeah, it was the time when my army sort of stopped working. Then uh, I also found out I need to take care of my health a little bit more, so I, I decided to you know to focus on that rather than spend time on on recording the podcast and so on. But as I said, the the the, the drug is quite strong, and you cannot really get it out of the system completely ever. It got me back, and I'm coming back. And with that, I would like to announce a small competition with a prize and the competition is quite simple i would like you guys our listeners to give me to leave a comment on youtube uh and to subscribe to the channel of course but to leave for me a comment that would include some pros and cons of um the armies that i'm going to name at the end of the episode that i think are my like top picks that that I I cannot make a decision about. And um, there's going to be a prize, uh, and the prize is going to be a wonderful pro-painted miniature of a uh, chaplain uh, that you will be able to find in the link under this video on YouTube. Um, It's uh, from a fantastic painting studio from Poland that I'm going to uh, link for you as well. Uh, so have a look at the miniature. I, you know, I, I haven't. That's the, the the last remain of my army of Grey Knights. So I've been using that chapter for a Grey Knights chapter, but you can use it for any chapter. It, the size of the miniature is such that you can use it as a normal miniature or a Primaris miniature. And uh, if I, have, I would estimate it costs somewhere around 300 PLN, which is what like almost 70 euros between 60 and 70 euros. So seems like a nice prize for giving me a hint, but still the condition is you need to leave uh, an interesting, uh, informative comment and you have to subscribe to the channel. Uh, And uh, I'll name a couple of armies at the end of this video, oh sorry, this well recording. And then uh, let's say when we go through those armies in the series of next episodes, after that, I'll make up my decision and I'll choose uh, the lucky person who gets the prize, and we can ship it to anyone. So, um, yeah, uh, watch this space to hear about, about the armies that I'm focusing on. 
and uh, stay with us for future episodes where we will analyze the uh, the armies, uh, discuss pros and cons, whether they fit the meta or not, and uh, whether it's worth taking them up or not. Right. So will it be someone chosen at random, or you want people to get into get to you so with their comments? I think um, I think I'll do it at random. So uh, you know, um, I'll provide the. Uh, the, the armies, let's say, I don't know, five armies, and we're going to do five episodes about them. But in those episodes, you know, we're going to use, or you actually are going to use your best judgment to help me make that decision. But then uh, if the comments contain anything interesting, or maybe even a description of an army that we don't talk about, but it's convincing or something, um, I'll do a, a, you know, random draw online we can do it with a video uh to show that it's legit and then <laughs> and then yeah that whoever is uh is chosen will get the prize wherever they are from today's episode we're going to to to, to be talking about a competition that that took place last weekend uh here in our region in the north of poland a tournament that has a long running history and one that I think even Goonhammer inquired about and provided some information. Do you know anything about that, Joker? Um, yeah, I do. Uh, they did. They did contact us. Uh, I gave them a link to the list uh, and uh, sent them the top four ones so uh, they could have a look through it. And uh, the tournament did appear on the uh, weekly analysis of tournaments around the globe. That's awesome. That's that's fantastic to hear that the Polish scene is becoming, you know, more visible to the people from from outside of Poland. So, you know, without further ado, I think uh, I can safely call you the the main organizer of the event, right? You were responsible for bringing all the people and all the efforts together, right? Yeah, I think so too. Right. Um... So, what are the uh, you know biggest challenges when you organize an event like that? Because I think it didn't happen last year. So there was great hunger to 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 have that because it's it's like an annual tradition that heresy happens somewhere in September. So so th yeah, there were problems last year. What changed this year uh, that made you want to organize it, and what were the potential issues that an, a tournament organizer could encounter? Well, I mean, I think that it was pretty much the same as last year. So uh, the biggest risk was the COVID restrictions, whether they're going to be any or not. Uh, so last year, it w there was a lot more uncertainty. And uh, I think we also couldn't do it from the restrictions perspective, even during the summer. I can't remember what the restrictions were back then exactly. But I know that it was hard and it was just just risky, you know, it's not a comfortable situation to be in when you collect the uh, ticket fees from people that want to participate. You pull in uh, prizes from the sponsors, etc. And you organize the venue and get into an agreement with a vendor to provide food, etc. And then having to cancel all of that and they're trying to return the mon monies etc that's just uh, it's tiring and i decided not to do that it was too much of a risk <clears throat> and this year i think uh, 
there was a bit more certainty with the restrictions we've had. Although there was a time where I thought the tournament was gonna pull, gonna be pulled off, but mm-hmm. fortunately that didn't happen. And uh, despite that, I took what measures I could. So even though I did <clears throat> decide to try ask some of the wonderful companies that in the end did support us for something we could give away to the participants. I only unpacked the packages <laughs> on, on the last day of the tournament, just in case I need to send them back. <laughs> so that that was that was that was definitely the biggest challenge in in my opinion. Okay, COVID last year got in the way. Um, do you have any piece of advice for um, you know people who want to organize a tournament, uh, like what they should pay attention to, what uh, they need to be careful about? Let's see. I mean, you definitely need to have a venue. Uh, it's definitely good for that venue to have uh, ventilation, actually quite a bit of space uh, so that people can move around freely uh, during games when playing. Uh, what else do you need to pay attention to? Um, it would be good to have that venue close to some hotel or preferably in a hotel because uh, that's like the full package for the participants uh always nice to have food organized somewhere either get a event to bring something in uh some takeouts or just let the people know what's close and uh, where they can get a snack and also make sure that there is a break because if for that snack because free games during the day that's approximately nine hours in itself and then you need to add time for registration in the morning and have some breaks between the games to move around the venue etc so that's i think that's definitely very important uh what else do you need to pay attention to i mean did you did you do anything specific to tackle you know COVID restrictions was there like did people have to wear masks or did they have to disinfect their 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 hands or anything like that did you did you have to provide this or did people bring this with them well we've we've had the uh you know um what's it called the fluid to disinfect uh escaping me right now yeah, whatever. Um, the, the hand lotion thingy <laughs> yes yes the let's call it lotion the hand lotion thingy uh so we've had that in place i mean uh in the uh in the rules package uh, i also mentioned that everyone should be prepared with masks etc but well we during the day we didn't pay that much attention to it to be honest because obviously uh we didn't have that many restrictions in place during this weekend and mm-hmm. so far it looks like we're not gonna get any more in poland so yeah here's hoping we can get the tournament scene back up and running yeah absolutely that will be that will be gold all right so so to, get... uh-huh. if, if i may so to summarize i don't think you can really prepare for, for COVID. um i mean obviously that's something that depends on where you are in the world but here we have had situations where restrictions just seem to come in uh, for the next they're announced and they are implemented the next day after they're announced so there's no way you can prepare for that and <laughs> i've been speaking with some of the guys that did uh, attend the tournament 
and they were saying they were even a bit nervous and checking if I've posted anything like at midnight before the tournament started that whether the tournament's pulled off or if it's going ahead. Unfortunately, yeah. it, it did go ahead. Crazy, crazy times. So uh, crazy times, crazy measures, I would say. But all in all, it went it went well. I think the from what I've heard, from what I read, uh, the uh, competition was a was a great success. So let's get to the nitty gritty of it, um, because you know I didn't exactly check the description of the tournament itself. I've seen the summaries, I've seen Tourney Keeper, I've seen the images, but I haven't checked the rules. So uh, usually in the past. Uh, heresy has been known for, uh, you know, either a specific points um, requirement or some shenanigans with the lists. Was there anything in place this year or did you keep it, you know, fairly straightforward? No, I've decided to abandon those uh, ideas and keep it straightforward. So um, just to give a bigger picture, uh, in the previous years, we usually had a 1666 points format most commonly i think and then uh you were allowed to bring two lists although they did have to have a lot in common uh so they'd have to have the same warlord for example the same uh what we'd call a bulk detachment so the detachment that had the biggest amount of points that would take up uh in your list and uh, many other little uh, notes just to not make it so that people would take two completely different armies because that was not the idea and then before entering each and every game you'd pick in secret which list you're going to take and well so would your opponent so uh it did allow for some sort of flexibility uh but in the end i think it just gave more options to the stronger factions anyway uh, although that's debatable. More importantly, though, uh, with the most recent releases uh, GW are giving us in ninth edition, uh, souping armies is uh, becoming like less and less worth it. So um, taking that in regard as well, I just thought there's no need for for making all these little rules and making things more complicated, um, especially that I feel like quite a lot of people didn't like that from the ones that would come. Uh, and after such a hiatus, I don't think, or more like I think, that keeping it simple was just the better idea. Yeah, uh, what's the situation, by the way? Because also to provide like a bigger picture, uh, Poland, uh, I would say the Polish, or at least as far as I remember, because remember I haven't played for a year, or have had any interest in the scene for a year. But the Polish Warhammer 40k community, uh, like the uh, the core of it, is is very competitive, uh, and there are many people who either uh, aspire to the national team or are simply uh, uh, national team members. And Heresy is one of the tournaments where they come to uh you know uh, try or try out new ideas try out the, their lists and so on and so on as far as i know last year uh, the european championship whatever it is called now i think it didn't happen it was postponed 
didn't happen this year. No, it didn't. Right, so it's going to probably again. So it's going to probably happen next year. Well, who knows where we are with COVID, but fingers crossed that it does happen. Yeah. So, 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 so the three city heresy is is like the proving grounds for some concepts, some ideas, and so on. Is it, well, could you confirm that that it was like that this year as well? Well, um, I'd say even more so than before because of the change in format. How it's completely in line what WTC plays. Although obviously it's you have to remember it's a team tournament, so some players. So the lists aren't exactly the same uh, as you would take them for a team tournament. And um, uh, yeah, now and we're playing the same format that you're now playing all over the world, pretty much. If you're talking about serious competitions, right? So that was in a way also the goal, and uh, looks like it's proving itself. So we did get that mention. Uh, with the guys at Goonhammer, for example. And mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I think it just brings more interest to the scene itself. Although uh, with the place that heresy takes place in the space-time continuum, so it happens pr pretty much is the first GT we have in Poland after the WTC. So it's not really a testing ground for for next year for a next year's competition it's yeah it's early days yeah very much mm -hmm. let's focus on i think i don't know probably the top four top four lists that that, that you've provided to to goonhammer as well and maybe let's start from from the fourth place so in fourth place we had michael banya rumiński so uh, a known Player, I think from um, a pro painting studio as well, and he brought his amazing Chaos Demons army. Is that correct? That is correct. So um, yeah, he's a fellow Chaos player. I was rooting for him because of that list. I love monster monster mash style lists, and that's what he took. <laughs> so uh, yeah, definitely was rooting for him, and uh, very happy to see him finish so high. Yeah, so fourth place is quite an achievement at this tournament. Um, so let's let's go through the list, but maybe I'll give you the pleasure of doing it. Do you have it somewhere at hand, or it's it's not a complicated list, so I do actually remember it. All right. Uh, so what's so, in it? Yeah. So you had the two Slaneshi patrol detachments, uh, which gave you in total twenty demonets, three keepers of secrets, and Shalaxi, so the named keeper of secrets. And uh, then a third patrol, which had Belakor, a Lord of Change, uh, and uh, 20 Blood Letters, and I think five Furies, uh, just to round it up mm -hmm. to 2,000, or oh, close to 2,000 points. Okay, so, uh, you know, when I stopped playing, it was basically the time when the Necron Codex came out which means I've missed some, from what I see, some pretty important and pretty big releases, like Bellacorn, for example. So what does this monster do? Uh, well, he's fairly tanky, to be fair, because mm -hmm. uh, he, ha he has an innate minus one to hit. Uh, 
Uh, you can't reroll the hit roll against him. Uh, he has a minus one to wound in shooting and a four plus invuln, toughness seven and 16 wounds on top of that. So uh, yeah, fairly resilient. Uh, he smashes face as well uh, with his, uh, he has two attack modes, if you will. So he's got a smash kind of thing where he ignores the invulns and use D3 plus three damage. And then he has a sweep attack as well, where you get two hit rolls for each attack that he has. So um, he's also blowing. got his own psychic discipline now, uh, although it mainly supports his own like army of renown. So to give you a better understanding, that's something that in seventh uh, we used to have formations. So I'd say the armies of Renown are something along the lines of that. And then in eighth, we had those um, Vigilous detachments, formations, yeah. or however you want to call them. Uh, I can't remember what they were called exactly, uh, but you get the idea. Yeah. So yeah, so uh, that Psychic Discipline mainly buffs that army, but he did does still do fairly well in regular Demon armies, especially now that he has, instead of not having any of the Chaos Gods keywords, he now has all four of them. So if there is a Slaneshi character nearby from a Slaneshi detachment, he can advance and charge as well. If he's in range of that character Slosai, uh, he gets he can be he can benefit from uh, the uh, psychic powers if need be. Uh, you can use the fight again corn stratagem on him. So yeah, he's quite a bit of a beat stick and resilient at that. Quite a good unit. Yeah, it sounds like something that you don't want in your face, definitely. Um, but something that you will get in your face probably at some point. So, uh, how does this uh, this army, how does this list work or play to the mission? Because I see Bella Core, Lord of Change, Keeper of Secrets, Keeper of Secrets, Shalaxi, that's like five huge monsters. And then, what, three or four, no, sorry, four other units that do something, maybe five. Fury, there are what two units of Furies, two units of Demonettes, and a unit of Bloodliers. How does it, how does this list play to the to the mission? Well, uh, the big monsters are fast, so you get in the face of your opponent. They have to deal with them because otherwise they're going to get swept off the table. So you can close your opponent in the deployment zone early on, and then you've got uh, Demonettes to hold your backfield of objectives. You have fast furies that can do either retrieve Octarius data or help get engaged on all fronts. And then you've got the bloodletters dropping in, getting a, a certain charge almost. And also with that objective secured, they can nick an objective if needed uh, wherever on the table really, because you can obviously deep strike them. So despite not really having that much bodies, uh, you can play to the mission fairly well. And obviously, and you've got that Lord of Change that can safely do a warp ritual or that kind of jazz. Okay. And well, again, five monstrosities that seem fairly difficult to hide. I mean, it depends on the tables, which is another aspect of the tournament that I will be asking about. But first, uh, what, how does this list work if you don't start? Is it at, at a disadvantage or it doesn't really matter? 
Well, that obviously depends on the matchup. If you don't start, you don't have too many obscuring terrain, and your open has a, has lots of shooting. Well, then you probably end up crying, and not doing much. Uh, but it's still quite a lot of wounds to chew through. So we've already mentioned how Bellacor manages himself defensively. Uh, the Lord of Change is resilient as well, with a three plus invuln and uh, a six plus feel no pain from the exalted trait and you can get a minus one to hit on top of that using the terrain as well. You've got the Keepers of Secrets, so they can have a four plus invuln, one have minus one to wound. So they're not that easy to kill, but if you don't start, then, well, it gets much tougher. Okay. And uh, now if, if I were to ask you for your expert opinion, I mean, you've supported a similar list a year ago when we played together. Uh, so, so you should know quite a lot about it. If I were to to face you today, playing that list, uh, what missions should I take to have? I don't know, maybe not an easy time, but to secure some points. Playing against it, well, mm -hmm. um, probably anything that would help you maximize your points, killing the big stuff, so you can double tap on. Abhor the Witch and then bring them down. So essentially, each monstrosity you kill nicks you five points at that point mm, uh, together from both of the missions. And uh, more else to take from that. I got you Poten with that question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a bit. Um, potentially. <laughs> If you've got any codex once, then maybe that, uh, but I don't know all of them uh, for the factions that got a codex already. Uh, what else can you go for? I mean, it doesn't make any sense to to target, uh, you know, the, the little units, the like Furies, uh, Demonettes, Blattlers. Um, you know, it doesn't make sense to pick any objective that would, you know, uh, give you points because of killing those little ones. No, no, no. Probably but if you can nick them uh, and uh, get rid of them reliably without putting too much effort, then you should definitely do that because obviously that's the way uh, he gets primary points. Mm. And I see that, you know, uh, Banya went with uh, Furies over Nurglings. I'm actually surprised not to see any Nurglings in the list. So um, any ideas why he went for Furies instead of Nurglings? They're cheaper in points, faster, oh, yeah. and mm -hmm. they're an infantry unit, which Nurglings aren't, so they can do actions, which is important right. for secondaries. Okay, so it looks like the, the, the arm, this, this list basically has everything, and it's really well thought through. Like I remember last year when we played a similar list, there were still Nurglings. Probably those tweaks have been made to, to be able to play to the mission more, which is great. So um, a fantastic list. Um, any final thoughts about it? About it? Or can we move on? Mm, I think we can move on. Uh, I can just underline that I love it, and uh, I'm really happy that Banyan finished so high uh, with that list. Right. By the way, guys, um, you might find it interesting. As I said, Banya himself is a pro painter from a pro painting studio, and his army is gorgeous. So I will. Uh, include a link down below under the video uh, so you can go to the photos from this tournament and I'm, I'm sure you will be able to tell which army is his just by the quality of his painting 
So uh, do have a look. I strongly encourage it because the army is beautiful. He did win uh, the player's choice best painted, uh, and I do have photos of them. Just have not posted them yet on Facebook, but definitely will. Awesome. Or right. maybe so, yeah. they'll already be online by the time this podcast is released. Right. So we'll we'll try to, to work it into uh, the um, the video or well the description of the video uh, for your convenience. All right. Good. So. Next up, we have Jakub Vladi Podrożny. So Vladi is known in the community as uh, the player who could win with a, a, a piece of wood or with a stick, with anything. He usually the saying is, is it's mm. with a uh, stable door. Oh, yes, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, that's what we say in Poland. Um, and he is a stable on the Polish national team, usually. So uh, playing against him is uh, a huge challenge, and um, I'm not surprised actually to see him playing a less common army. And from what I've seen, from the readings I've done about the current state of the meta and so on, chaos is not really up there, or is it? No, not not really. They're still desperately waiting for that second wound update. And apparently they're not getting it this year either. So uh, that's been already over a year since GW announced that power armors are getting their second wound. And uh, the Chaos Space Marines are, I think, the last ones to get them. And still pretty sad. Right. But yeah, well, you know, it's it's Vladi, right? So uh, he's one of the best players, hands down. You have to give it to him. And he always comes up with some inconvenient lists, and this is another iteration of one. Right. So uh, we were able to pull some strings, and uh, we actually got some footage of Vladi talking about his army, uh, especially for you guys to delight you. So, Vladi, the mic is yours. The list was published actually uh, very recently on the Gunhammer with the report from uh, Free City Heresy. So it's available there uh, if want someone to, wants to get into details. There's a lot of uh, infantry there, uh, the small units of infantry, jump infantry, it's raptors, uh, talons, it's basically Imperial Children, uh, Outrider Detachment and Super Heavy. Uh, Vextrix, uh, Renegade Knights Detachment with uh, just small knights uh, for some fire support. And uh, the, the, the army is based around scoring. It's not exactly a kill army. It's basically around uh, scoring objectives in this edition. There's a lot of fast-moving infantry. There's a lot of shen- a bit of shenanigans like being able to uh, make a, a, a sure charge uh, uh, from the reserves with uh, with uh, Imperial Children stratagems, strike press on all all of the MSU units in the list. And there's some fire support. Uh, there is uh, there are three units uh, that are good for to the last. I mean the the knights units. So this the list is designed to play this edition, not exactly uh, survive against those top armies out there like Dark Dark Elder or 
or admech but it is able to score missions to uh, do a lot of stuff on the on the table um i had to it has a lot of options because it has a lot of infantry uh a bit of firepower that there's there's one thing about this list there are a lot of uh power multipliers uh, i can buff one unit to a level that to a point that it performs far better that it should based on its uh, characteristics basically based on the data sheet uh with Prescience with uh, some imperial stratagems, uh, the unit overperforms uh, when played aggressively. When um, when I'm in control, when I'm in, I have the initiative in the game. Then the, the, the most of the units overperform uh, during the game. So they basically not too well, not too uh, powerful on their own, but combined with all the uh, rules in the, that the army has uh, it simply simply uh, hits uh, strong and at some vital points on the table uh, to get the objective to take objective from the on the enemy to stop them from scoring points and they, they the this this power multiplier rule works on also for the small knights from Renegade Knights with uh, Vextrix House that gives you one reroll to hit, one reroll to wound. Uh, being able to overcharge weapons, I can uh, or, or uh, give my uh, Wardog Unix uh, plus two to move. I can uh, make them uh, uh, do things on the table that they otherwise would not be able to do. So I can, for example, the the the, the simplest the simplest thing is to overcharge uh, lightning lock to give it strength seven and two damage, which actually uh, almost triples its performance on the tabletop. So basically, this army is based on small uh, small expendable units um, that that you can buff. Uh, very strongly to make it um, perform much better than it, it may appear at the first sight. And uh, design, it was designed to be able to stand its ground against Dark Elder when the Dark Elder came out and they were well, obviously they are still uh, very powerful and uh, but it works quite good against any other army and it is also designed to be able to be more or less a, a good army on team tournaments when you have a choice when you, you take five army on eight against eight uh, team tournaments you have uh, like uh, five armies that are obvious choices six armies maybe obvious choices and then you are left with two or two last armies that you have to think through what you want to take and this army fills that spot it's an army that can take any of the top armies even Admech if it starts and uh, uh, so so it was also designed with a thought like that to to be able to play uh, to fill that last spot into team tournaments with the army that can do well against top other top armies the army list is set to in such it's built in such a way that I can always retake three missions against anyone against on any mission on any table i can always take three missions to the last that uh, that i take on the 
uh, small night units. Uh, there are two models each. There are separate units on the battlefield, so it's uh, difficult to kill them all. So they always bring me some points, even if some if, if uh, I have no idea. I, I can't figure out any other mission to take. I can always take to the last because I have this to the last on those nights that usually survive till the end of the game, especially these two more access units that keep in the back. So basically, that's the first choice uh, if you don't have anything else to take. Uh, the second one is obviously either engage or stranglehold, uh, depending on the mission, depending on the opponent. Uh, if the opponent has a lot of obsequies that you get, they are difficult to push through, like I don't know, admin blobs or things like that. Then you take uh, engage, and uh, if not, if you are feel if you feel comfortable with taking three objectives and um, just make it more than the opponent has, then. Uh, strangle is the way to go because it's basically easier to do uh, if you can take those three objectives and those two objectives would be more than opponent has and you can you feel comfortable with, with, with that that you actually can do that then stranglehold is better because it brings more points but engage is a safe choice for any game you will always do any some points on it and this third one this arm is designed to be able to make uh, reasonably safe, well, safely, this uh, the the Octarius data. Uh, I have uh, eight units of uh, small units of infantry. Uh, six of them are jumping units. So they're basically, if I don't, I have no other idea what to do. I can always go for Octarius, the retrieve Octarius data, and score at least eight points every game. Uh, but in most situations, I can do more. Most of my units are a fragile one. They are very good. I can multiply their hitting abilities to some crazy levels with uh, Imperial Children Stratagems, with Prescience, with Veterans of the Long War. But when I am on the receiving end, they will die very quickly. There are one wound space marines with plus save, and they die extremely quickly. So if anyone, if my opponent has a fast-moving army, it can hit me before I can hit him, before, before I can plan the game. Uh, if someone plays very aggressively, uh, trying to just wipe me out in three turns, then, then this, the game becomes very difficult for me because my army is more... Uh, careful pos positioning, careful planning the game, taking uh, opponents from the objectives, scoring my objectives for the five turns. This is what this army is based about. It's focused around. Thanks, Duke. That was very helpful. And uh, still, third place, very strong, very high, uh, uh, with a list like that. Quite an achievement. Let's move on uh, to the top two lists. Although, to be fair, uh, we don't have an actively, competitively playing person uh, in our area that sports admec. So uh, we don't know too much about it. And I guess you could call us lucky in that regard because yeah. they are absolutely crazy. Yeah, absolutely. It goes without saying. However, uh, we want our listeners to benefit from this podcast. That's why we invited the man himself, the guy who took the second place on uh, this year's heresy, Goggy. And let's allow him to talk what motivated him to take that army composition. Goggy, 
the mic is yours. Hi, I'm Gogi. I have a few words about my roster for the Three City Heresy tournament. I took uh, second place in the tournament and we was asked to introduce uh, her closer. The core of my list is the Lucius Battalion, due to the three very strong elements that the Adeptus Mechanicus Codex offers. Passive Dogma giving plus one armor save against attacks with damage one. Uh, we have one of the best relics in the Codex, Solar Flare, which allows uh, you to teleport a Skitari unit uh, once per game and a very strong uh, warlord trait that gives uh, one unit of uh, transhuman. Uh, in my battalion I placed a free large unit of Skitari, the main strike force which can be buffed uh, defensively, transhuman, uh, ignore AP, enemy AP1, AP2, and offensively, uh, improved uh, AP in shooting, uh, automatic wounding on 5 plus to hit, uh, on uh, Vanguard uh, Skitari and uh, reroll once uh, to hit and to wound uh, from uh, Skitari Marshal. Uh, in the list, uh, I have uh, two uh, ability uh, shoot after fallback. Uh, in addition, uh, it should be remembered that this are unit with the objective secure ability, which is very important in the ninth uh, edition. Uh, in addition uh, to them, uh, there are five infiltrators in the battalion whose task uh, is to push back the enemy alpha strike or perform a secondary mission, put an additional uh, banner or make a scramble, uh, Octarius data. Uh, and we also have uh, the five uh, Cerberus Riders, uh, a unit equipped with uh, sniper rifles whose task is uh, to kill popular low-endurance enemies' uh, heroes, such as uh, Canones uh, in the Sister of Battle and uh, Succubus in the Drukari army. Uh, Cerberus has moved before the game, which allows them to play a role similar to the Infiltrators, uh, quickly get outside my deployment, blocking Alpha Strike, Deep Strike, etc. Uh, I also have two small uh, Skitari units here, the purpose of which is only to perform uh, secondaries. Uh, I put uh, uh, this uh, small unit always to strategic uh, reserve uh, by one uh, command point. Mm, and the battalion is uh, complemented by two fusillade planes, which by dropping bombs deal uh, very well with horde units uh, such as the uh, Necron Warriors uh, or Demon uh, units. And uh, while the above idea of basing the army on Lucius is quite popular, the second detachment is the original idea of using the Data Horde uh, Custom Forge Ward. Magna Bonded uh, Alloys and uh, Servofocus uh, Auguris, which provides a vehicle with uh, Feel No Pain on 6 plus, and uh, Cogniz Weapon has full reroll to hit in half range. I played uh, something like uh, this using the Engine War uh, in 8th edition, and now I'm developing this idea in the 9th uh, edition, uh, following advice of my friends, of course. In this detachment, we have uh, four Alios Riders equipped with uh, Cogniz Last Cannons and two Stratoraptors planes that also have Cogniz Last Cannons and Cogniz Heavy Stabbers, 
supported uh, by nginsteel that gives uh, one or two models uh, plus one uh, to hit in a command phase <clears throat> basically one model uh, uh, take uh, one plus one to hit and from uh, one command point nginsteel can uh, give two <coughs> model uh, plus one to hit this detachment is designed to destroy enemy armored and elite models. Uh, the concept of the roster is therefore based on four planes, each equipped with a chaff launcher, providing one uh, damage reduction. Uh, that put pressure on the enemy, uh, can start an attack from the far stone, uh, regardless of the number of the terrain on the table. And all this is supported by 60 skitaris buffed uh, by heroes. Uh, the roster contains a balanced mix uh, of anti-infantry and anti-tank weapons. There's a lot of mortal wounds, bombers, riders, and uh, defense very well. Defensive buffs imposed uh, by heroes and feel no pain on vehicles from the second detachment. It is uh, difficult for me to talk about the weaknesses uh, of the roster that I managed to win all, all five games at the tournament uh, but there are few elements that can be mentioned, uh, mentioned uh, for sure First, <clears throat> there are roster, uh, rosters that can destroy uh, two free plays in the first round uh, like a uh, attack bike uh, from uh, Ravening, uh, retributors uh, in the army of the Sister of Battle, uh, True Balls and Dark Lances in Drukari list. Uh, when it happens, we are must play forces which are reduced about 300-400 points, and more difficult is engage of all, all fronts, my sec favorite secondary mission. The second problem is the lack of the counter to psionics. Uh, if the enemy army of Eldars and Grey Knight want to cast 5, 6, 7, 8 spells 5 inches from me, they do it with no problems. It's so sad. Uh, the third element is related to the second. Uh, spam mortal wounds aiming at everything except vehicles is very effective especially Skitari troops, did uh, that very quickly because mortals avoid transhuman and uh, ignore AP2. Uh, so that's all from me. Thanks for having me and see you next time. And thanks, Gobi, for those amazing insights. Uh, I mean, finding out about a more non-standard Skitari list is uh, always of value. So uh, even more so, thank you for uh, sending us this material. And this brings us to the last, or should I actually say the first list of uh, uh, this year's Heresy, piloted by Myson. Uh, you can see the list on Goonhammer. Uh, I will link the article below. But again, uh, thanks to some amazing connections, uh, we were able to get some footage of Myson talking about his list, his choices, his motivations to run this. So uh, let's listen closely. Hi there. I was asked by Joker and Twig to tell a couple of words about my AdMech list, which I have used during the last 3CD Heresy tournament. So let's start. So my list was based on some kind of 
standard approach for building Ademek army, um, which is currently used in Polish competitive scene. Uh, it combines a highly mobile planes with mass guitar rangers, some supporting units, uh, using all the good stuff that comes from the Codex Adeptus Mechanicus. Um, I used two detachment build. I got one battalion from Lucius. Uh, despite the nerf, I still believe it's one of the best forge rolls uh, available for us. And uh, Outrider Detachment of Mars, which gives us uh, some interesting tricks to, um, and, of course, access to canticles. My Lucius Battalion is my main scoring and board control uh, detachment. I use here two squads of Rangers and one squad of Vanguards. All of them are 20 uh, models per unit. Uh, I support them with two squads of Sicarians, uh, Infiltrators, and uh, also two Fizzilaves goes into this detachment. Uh, while my Mars Outrider detachment um, uses two, two squads of Cerberus rider, Riders, and uh, for Iron Striders, they're organized in units 2, 1, and 1. Uh, in the Mars detachment, I also use the two uh, Stratoraptors, and all of my planes are equipped with chaff launchers. So how does the list work? It's meant to kill the opponent on the table as, as soon as possible, and it's super effective at it. Uh, all of the units here has very high firepower, they can work uh, really well, and especially under the buffs uh, from from the characters. The list is mobile thanks to the uh, teleport teleportation from Solar Flare and uh, planes which can, can reach every every place on on, uh, on the table. And this all is supported by Cerberus Riders and Scarlands, which uh, basically basically deploys. Uh, uh, either in front of the opponent or just in the middle objectives. If the list starts the game, uh, basically uh, it can destroy a lot, a lot of opponent's units, um, including those that are uh, hidden behind the, some ruins. So there's really no safe space for, to, to, to hide. Also, if I do not start the game, then I can just use um, defensive doctrines to get a plus one to armor saves on, on uh, every unit of my army. And uh, if the opponent decides to uh, go on a full scale and try to uh, kill my units, then they're exposed to all of my firepower next turn. Apart from the raw firepower, uh, there are some minor tricks in the list. Um, one trick worth mentioning is Cerberus Riders and Wrath of Mars combo. Um, basically, Cerberus Riders can ignore a lookout search rule and combined with Wrath of Mars, they deal two mortal wounds uh, on every sixth wound. While it's not that statistically uh, effective, the opponent always needs to take this into consideration. They always need to think that uh, one lucky shot can just kill um, the crucial character from, from the armor. Of course, we also have um, some defensive abilities. 
which are transhuman-like ability and uh, ignore AP minus one minus two ability, which combined can make uh, our one of our skitter blobs uh, super durable. In general, this list is quite straightforward to operate. Uh, even if uh, someone made some kind of a mistake, it can usually be mitigated. For example, we got the ability to fall back and shoot. We can always teleport ourselves out of the combat and also shoot. Moreover, our weapons are also very, very effective. Uh, for example, last cannons, uh, they can get uh, all the rerolls necessary from the canticle and also the Mars rules. Uh, while dealing uh, D3 plus 3 damage, they can just one-shot uh, nearly every uh, elite model in the game. Okay, so that was just um, a brief description of my list. Uh, thank you for listening, and see you next time. Cheers, Maxim, for, uh, for the inside. Um, and yeah, congratulations one more time. And best of luck in the future with that very list. So we get two flavor. We we have two flavors of uh, Admeg in this tournament. Um, and you know, taking the, the second and the first place only shows how how strong this army is. But I would also like to draw everyone's attention to the lists that didn't place as high, um, but still had some reliable results. Um, I see that the fifth place was taken by Michal Duda, who uh, came with the Eldari, and that's the only Eldari list in that tournament. Yep. What, what's going on with Eldari then? Because when I was... It's not the only one. Uh, actually, there was one more Eldari list. Fairly similar, I think. But I'm not sure if it's spotted a Skyrunner Conclave. So, so what happened to Eldari? They they were like a reigning force through the majority of 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 eight, I think, and then now they seem to be gone. What well, did they miss? <laughs> uh, they have a really old book. They've got an old book. Um, they don't really have units that are particularly good at objective grabbing, so to say. So um, pretty much the units that are good uh, are the units that have been good all this time. So it's still Dark Creepers, Shining Spears, and maybe that Conclave. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's all known tricks, and uh, some of the armies that have got new codexes just play the missions better and maybe blow them out of the table. Mm. Yeah, that, so, but you know you still see that in the hands of a very good player no, they can get fairly high yeah especially if you and, don't see them for for, for a while then people to be fair to... i think duda also won the alpine cup singles that happened early on in the month so <laughs> so this only proves that the old saying is right that it's the wizard that is important not the wand all right uh so uh that's the tournament any Final thoughts or anything else that you want to add about uh, heresy? Um, I could add one thing about the lists, and uh, I think 
you agree that we are a bit rusty on this uh, topic. There wasn't a much bit. expertise in uh, this expertise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're sorry for that, but we're relying on on our listeners. Uh, we're we're both sort of getting back into it, either because of COVID or a longer hiatus. So, but we're getting there. Yeah, yeah, we'll get there. Mm. Definitely. Um, I, I think this might be the right place to also uh, thank our sponsors. Please make sure to check out the link down below that lists uh, all of them. This year, uh, you know, I wasn't there to support you with uh, securing some sponsorships, but I see you've done an amazing job uh, doing it yourself. So just to name um, a couple in, in completely random order, but I think it's important to, to do this. So we had Battle Models, we had Futurex from Gdynia, uh, an amazing shop. We had Den of Imagination, so the painting studio that Banya is from. Bits of War, uh, Playmate.pl, Vanaheim.pl. Um, uh, let me just scroll through the site because they're, they're, the list is uh, really uh, hefty. So GameMateU, of course, how could I forget? Micro Art Studio, uh, The Army Painter. Um, I think we also had Riba Studio Artwork. That, that's our local painter who also offered some prizes. Paintforge and uh, Dragonstore.pl. Last but not least, PuppetsWar.eu uh, with amazing bits and, and, and parts of models. Uh, I mean, that's an amazing result to bring so many sponsors in. And I think um, the, the, the tables were heavy with prizes. Because and it's, uh, nobody it's walked away empty-handed. I think that's worth underlining. Uh, the sponsors have really pulled through. Uh, the support we've received was really amazing. And like I said, there was a gift uh, for everyone. Yeah. That's, even that's, I got something, oh, even though great. I didn't play. <laughs> that's fantastic. No, it's really kudos to our sponsors. You can check who they are on our Facebook page that has them with both Polish and English descriptions so you can find out who they are, what they do, and how long they've been supporting us because we have some long-running partnerships with those companies. So do have a look. at what Boy, I have a lot of links to put in that description. Um, but also, to sort of wrap it up, as I mentioned earlier, uh, I have the intention of uh, doing some uh, episodes around the potential armies that I will choose one from to actually play. So I promised you that I would name uh, five armies that I'm interested in that I could potentially pick up and learn to play. So these armies are, and I would like to hear from you about them, these, these armies would be, first of all, uh, Space Wolves, just because uh, I like Space Wolves. I, I used to play them in 7th for, for a brief moment, and uh, I had a blast. So now with all the Primaris stuff, it sounds even more interesting. And especially one... if you've mm -hmm. had any success with Wonderwolf Cavalry, let Tweak know. Yeah, because I, I for some obscure reason, I really feel like playing something that includes cavalry, be it on wolves, horses, or bikes. So uh, that's why the second on the list would be White Scars. But again, I don't want to only focus on special, uh, special <laughs> space marines. So uh, there are some other. I was also thinking about guard because I actually have never played that army. I played plenty against it. I know what it can do. Uh, I love the models, but I've never actually played it myself. So it would be like a completely new experience. And I'm very much into that. 
Next up are Tyranids and Kingstealer cards. Uh, I have no experience there, uh, only playing against it with Vladi, for example. Um, it was always a pain in the ass to fight them, uh, but uh, since I've never played them myself, uh, they seem like a natural candidate to pick up. The models are absolutely gorgeous, so uh, I would be delighted to try that as well. And last but not least, uh, Chaos Demons. And without any specific affiliation to any of the demons, I used to play a bit of Nurgle in the past, but it's hard to name an army I haven't played um, outside of these that I've already mentioned. So Chaos Demons in any flavor also on the table out there. So guys, uh, please subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. Please leave a comment under this recording on YouTube. I will be also posting the, 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 the link to the recording on Reddit. So in like competitive Warhammer, uh, so uh, you can find us there. Leave a comment there. I'll be checking it. We'll have um, a series of episodes to tackle every single of those armies. We'll try to bring in guests who are more expert than us uh, and who will be able to provide more insight into how those army play, where they are in the meta right now, um, how they play the mission, or how to counter those armies so what i as a player would have to be aware of and uh um and with that in mind i guess i'll uh conclude the episode until next time then thanks for listening and uh bye everyone bye joker bye bye <laughs>